Hey, everyone, and welcome back to 90 Days on Fire. It's your girl, Reality Squad, here. And as always, I'm joined by 90 Days of Drama. Hello, hello. Tote the memes. Hey. And Mommy Says Bad Words. Hello. Today, we are going to talk about Season 2, Episode 7 of 90 Day Fiance, The Other Way, titled, I'm Not Your Baby. (laughs) And we saw a huge, epic blow-up between Yazan's parents, namely his mother, and Brittany. I have a lot of opinions, and this has been hotly debated um, online with what, what went down. And the consensus seems to be that the fault really lies with Yazan for not communicating to his parents' whatsoever what Brittany was really willing to do or how much effort she was really willing to put in to converting to getting married right away it seems like he was kind of playing both sides of the fence drama let's start with you what did you think of the confrontation Yazan's mom went from zero to a hundred just like that I mean it was a scary scene for anybody to see I felt Brittany was very lucky to have the camera crew there. I, I just felt very uncomfortable watching that. And I mean, I'm not, Brittany's not my favorite cast, but when she started crying, I, I felt that, I felt that to the core because she didn't understand what was going on. She was just being yelled at. Yazan's mom, the way she was screaming at her was, wow, that was a couple things that um, I took away from it was sitting back and realizing that we knew everything that was being said because of the closed captioning, mm-hmm. but Brittany had absolutely no idea, but you could obviously tell like her mom was very angry. A couple things that I took away from it was one, his mother is screaming at her to submit fully to her husband in a very unsubmissive way. She seemed very assertive and dominant. And Yazan's father seemed much more like, okay, trying to like placate the mom. So I found that very interesting. Um, Tell what did you think of Yazan's mother's assertiveness? I was shocked, especially because, you know, and I think it was for cultural reasons that she didn't want to be on camera, but she jumped, you know, when Brittany was like, don't call me your baby, especially because she was hurt. And I I get that, you know, if my boyfriend was yelling at me and then went psychotic on me and then left me in a hotel instead of walking me to my room, and then the next day is trying to call me baby and be affectionate, you know, I think that I would be like, don't call me baby. Let's work things out first. And so it was just a lot. And I, she did have a point in saying, look, your parents don't know what we just went through and what happened. But I think even if they did, from what I understand, they would be okay with it. They would have been like, you still need to accept whatever Yasin wants to call you. Yasin is also the oldest. So I feel that he's also a favorite of uh, mm-hmm. mommy over there. Mm-hmm. And so for her to see that Brittany is saying no to her favorite son you know, it seemed like right away she went from zero to 100. I did see on um, online uh, a Facebook thread uh, where Arabic and Muslim 
uh, women in particular were kind of just shedding some light on this scene. And it seems to be that dating is not really a thing that happens. It's like you you do get married very quickly. Um, they did reference that they have been talking for over a year. She's divorced. She's not a Muslim. Um, I think I think that Yazan's mom is just to her limit of stuff that she's had to accept for Britney. So, and I think we saw that all coming out. And we know, and people have made a lot of comments about how Jordan is actually a very progressive, a very liberal country. The queen of Jordan doesn't even wear hijab. So uh, how is she, and she'll of, oftentimes be photographed with her arms around other politicians or heads of state. So it is a much more progressive country, but clearly Yazan's family is very traditional and conservative. I found it just very interesting that we're, we're getting this depiction in Jordan when that's actually not really what it's like there. Does anyone have any opinions on that? I have my, my best friend and uh, she's Egyptian actually. Uh, so I don't know how, if they're too similar, I'll have to ask her, but I do know that her family, they, they're not very conservative, like what's portrayed and she's first generation here. So I know that that's a little bit different, but I think that there's a lot of very progressive countries and, you know, that would be accepting. But at the same time, we have to realize that I think Brittany does live a little bit more of an, of a lifestyle that even to a progressive or modern Middle Eastern culture, I think that's still a shock. And so it's almost, you know, trying to bring two extremes to find some sort of a middle. And I think we're seeing a really big clash with that. And I, I think that, Yazin should have been more upfront with his parents, but maybe he's afraid. Maybe he thought, and he even, he's afraid of both sides. You know, he told his family and his parents, I want to slowly introduce her to Islam so she can like it. And I think that's the same way that he's trying to present Brit Brittany to his parents. He's slowly trying mm -hmm. to present her to his parents so they'll accept her. And as we see, it doesn't seem like that works out on social media. We can tell that, that, that they uh, do not seem to be together whatsoever. So... Well, so I, I have a theory that we're not seeing a lot of Tim and Melissa right now because I think that Brittany and Yazan is going to just end abruptly and she's going to go home. Mommy, what do you think? I, I actually have a little bit of insider info on that that I'm not going to say who told me, but apparently Brittany and Yazan are the fillers for the season. So... We're going to see a lot right this second. Uh-huh. They're only fluff. I also noticed in that argument, it hadn't even come up about her still being married. They're assuming right. that she brought divorce papers with her. The moral of the story, I think, with them is that um, I think we've seen the hot drama, and I think that I think that they're quickly going to be leaving our our screens yep. let's talk about ari and mother ari in uh, ethiopia what did you guys think about ari's mother's behavior that is some people have had a huge issue calling her condescending rude to what what were your thoughts 
I I don't know if maybe I'm I have an unpopular opinion, but a little bit I understand if you have your daughter and it's your daughter, it's your it's your first grandchild. I think from what we know so far, you know, and she's about to give birth in Ethiopia, and this woman is a nurse, so she's familiar with medical and you know the way that immunology is and germs and everything like that and so for her to be exposed to a culture that's so different she's expressing her concerns is she condescending i think she is i think binium is doing his best it's different than jahoon where jahoon's like yeah i guess i could have driven an hour up to see the apartment but i didn't care to binium did his best and is trying to really bring together this place you know to be able to support his family with everything he has, I think he's making the best of it. And so I think in that sense, it's really hard. He understands that she's being critical, but I think it falls on Aerie. Like, why couldn't you wait a couple more months to have your child? You know, I think that Binyam, he seems level-headed. He seems like he would have understood that, you know, maybe our medicine's more modern. You had an experience with your first baby that she had to come to the U.S. because of complications. Maybe that was the same thing. You know, she could have expressed it to him. So I just, I think it falls on Ari- on Ariella a little bit. One of, uh, one of the other things I've seen a theory being floated online is that, uh, quote, more westernized house, they could probably come across in Ethiopia fairly inexpensively, that... Ari's parents being that her dad's a cardiologist and her mom's a nurse from Princeton, New Jersey could probably afford to put them up in if that was what Ari wanted to do. It kind of seems that Ari's mother's sole purpose on this trip is to convince her daughter to come home. Drama. What do you think about that? As a mother myself, if I had my daughter, in those conditions, I would bring her butt back home ASAP, mm-hmm. especially if it was pregnant. But like her mother was saying, it was very painful for her to see her daughter bringing a child into the world and living in those conditions. She was saying she was having chest pains just walking through the apartment. And, and I would too, you know, her mother means well. I think she's a sweet woman. I think Ari is very naive, but they're both very sweet and kind and for me, it's it appears that Bidium lives a very middle-class lifestyle for Ethiopian culture. Uh, we know thousands of babies are born in Ethiopia each year just fine. Uh, we also know from people saying online that there is a higher infant mortality rate than here in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um if she has any kind of labor complications that could really put her life in danger and their child. Uh, So I think on the one hand, I totally understand where her mother is coming from. um, You know, when she references bacteria with the standing water, um, you know, just the sanitation, you know, with the piles of garbage. But on the other hand, for the country, they're actually living better than a lot of other people live. So I think it just came off really condescending. And I think that's what a lot of people had a problem with. I have um, on viewers confessions, I had a confession sent in uh, by, oh. a, by a woman who was from Ethiopia. And she, she states that Ethiopia was portrayed very badly. It was, mm-hmm. 
devastating to her to see Ethiopia being betrayed the way TLC made it out to be. Um, she says that her country is poor and that she knows it's shocking to hear, but they do have hot water, nice neighborhoods, nice places to rent. And with the American dollar, it can do wonders. Um, they can rent a place for $500, a whole entire house, supposedly. Hmm. And uh, Ethiopia does have nice clinics, OBGYN. Um, but of course, I think Ari is going to a free clinic under the worst condition for a storyline. We do also have some social media tea to talk about with Ari. She took to her Instagram stories to address a lot of speculation that has been going around with marks being seen on her arms and her, um, her upper arms and her forearms, especially uh, she has admitted to having a tumultuous adolescence and that she did engage in self-harm. Uh, it's not something that she's trying to hide. Um, she wanted to speak out to give pe other people that have gone through similar situations a little bit of a, a camaraderie there. Um, what do you guys, does that change your view of Ari at all uh, to know that she went through that as a, as a child? I think I respect her a little more, to be honest. I think that I know that people were saying that about her and there's so many ways that she could have approached that as we have seen over the years, right. With different couples, but the fact that she decided to, to bring, to talk about it, she did not have to. I think I respect her a lot for that because to me, at least it opens up a conversation. I think that there's a stigma with mental health. And I think that's really sad because to me, it's the same thing as someone having cardiovascular disease that is genetic, for instance, you know, right. there's a lot of things that happen to people and it's not their choice. And so why do we give, you know, a negative view to things that we don't maybe for others? She did grow up, you know, and I, under I know that it does seem like she grew up in a very affluent family, but we don't know really what happened. We don't know if maybe there was abuse that happened in her childhood or things that she had gone through or whatnot. You know, that's my, at least my personal take is I think that I tend to have maybe too much sympathy for people, but I guess that's where my mind goes to is I don't really know what she went through. And so maybe that was something to kind of, exp to release that pain and, you know, she's overcome that. And I think to be able to overcome something like that does seem like it takes a lot from a person. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, for my opinion is I think part of her traveling the world, cause you know, she went to, I think Argentina before, um, was probably to put her life in perspective a little bit. That's the way I'm kind of taking it. Um, I, one of the issues though, that I'll forever have with her is that she had to have seen Binium's living conditions before. They weren't staying in resorts and whatnot. Why did she all of a sudden expect a Princeton, New Jersey apartment in Ethiopia? That, uh, it's, I can't reconcile that. Mommy, what do you think? I think it was all show. It was <laughs> all fake. It was all staged. Because didn't she have, she did, I think she did a Q&A. And she had pictures up, I think it was like the Sheraton or something. So, oh, I saw that. I saw yeah, that, yeah. Like she knows that if she wanted to stay in a hotel, it's readily available for her. And I'm pretty sure she has the money for it. Because I, I saw a preview, right, of 
Binium wearing, you know, a surgical head mask or whatever it is that you have to wear when, you know, a C-section or giving birth. I'm not sure what their protocols are there. I just think that, you know, there's a degree of it being staged, but then she, she chose to have her kid there. So it makes me question, I don't know. I don't know what you guys think, but. Has she been back there enough? Because I mean, they made it out to seem that when she did go back because Binium cut his dreads off and got skinnier, she was (laughs) was devastated, you know, so. And were they not FaceTiming in the meantime or anything? (laughs) Like what, that was bizarre to me as well. I was, she seemed like not into him anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know she took one look at him like he got something tattooed on his face. It was like, oh my God, your hair. She had a panic attack in the car. Oh my God. It's like, <laughs> do you not recognize him because yeah. his hair is shorter? What's wrong with you? I mean, oh, many of us travel. I know mm-hmm. I, I, I've traveled a lot and I travel sometimes to just take a break from my world. And the other, uh, we got to talk about Jihoon, you guys. I I have so... I think with the same... My view of him in his first season was like, oh, he's just like a, you know, a bubbly, bubbling idiot kind of thing. Like, he's lovable. Now, I, I it's hard for me to watch him. To, uh, t- tell me what's up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think... I don't know. It's so okay. Well, let me. I'm going to talk about this in a backwards way, but at the very end, right? You know, they're talking on the translator because this is real conversation, and so they need to be able to fully understand what the other person is saying. Um, which I feel like you should have that your whole relationship, but personal preferences, I guess. I think that her saying, you know, I don't know if I can really be with you and if I should stay with you. I think having a child with him beyond complicates that, you know to me, it just, I think it would be so much easier to walk away if she was, for instance, in Brittany's situation, Brittany doesn't have a child with him. She isn't, you know, invested in such a deep way. And so for her to see these red flags, it's heartbreaking, but she can walk away. But I think it's much more difficult for Devin. One thing too, is there, uh, when Devin was saying I work and I used all my money and you don't want to use your money, I, it confused me because she said she works 17 hours a day, but now she has no money, but she lives with her mom and she hasn't really said what her job was. And this is before she started an OnlyFans, right? Because this is right. reported. She started an OnlyFans a lot more recently. So I'm just confused. What was the work that took 17 hours a day every day and only had enough money for a couple months rent in the ghetto, apparently of Korea or in the, you know, in a place where even his parents were afraid. By the way, I read that TLC. So TLC tweeted and said that the reason when they panned to Jahoon's father and he had this look of horror, what happened was the neighbors came out and started screaming at them because I guess they were making a scene in the streets. And so the father was just (laughs) beyond himself. He was like, I don't understand what is going on. My children are making bad decisions or my child is making bad decisions. So I wanted to add to that because I feel that Jahoon's parents should have encouraged him to do better knowing Mm -hmm. that he's has a wife and a child now and it seems like they're still cradling him and it seems like they're still you know with his mom keeping his money for him I mean they're not really they're not really encouraging 
him to be a man and to support his family. But no, the barber called it. Little ears don't listen. He doesn't listen to anything. <laughs> Devin has said. Mm-hmm. Uh, mommy, I and I'll I I'll forever wonder where did he go for two hours when he was going to get his wallet from his parents' house? Did he get lost? Probably to, <laughs> probably to go sell some more stolen cell phones. Uh, I'm like, I feel like we we never we need to circle back to that because <laughs> I have so many questions. They're probably gonna. That's gonna be like, dun dun dun. He met with a mafia boss or something stupid. I have a feeling it's gonna come up like, oh, these two hours were spent doing something horrific when he probably was just like in a corner somewhere crying, just like I'm screwed. I'm stuck with this chick and these kids, and I don't know what to do and. He's just a hot mess. He doesn't want to grow up. He, I mean, I don't think either of them wanted the baby. I think that it was obligation. It wasn't a snug fit. Come on. But I I don't think either one of them really wants this relationship. I think now it's obligation and guilt. Hmm. I think on a serious note, there is a very huge learning curve from child to adult in the Korean culture. Hmm. And that most, most kids stay with their parents until marriage. So that's, I feel like Jehoon's parents really do baby him so much, you know, just, just seeing the way that he is and being so careless and, and not having a real job. How old is Jehoon? He's he's 31, 30 or 31. And Devin is like 23 or 24. So I forgot how young she was. Yeah. um, She's very mature for her age. Yeah, that's for sure. I was always taken, you know, it it would have been very easy for Jihoon. I don't think he would have had a problem immigrating to the United States. But she had mentioned once on her YouTube channel that she chose to move there because she has a lot of family drama. She had issues with um, an aunt. And so it was just safer. And she was in love with the Korean culture. So on the one hand, I think Devin was excited to move to Korea. But I think she was expecting more of a high-scale lifestyle that Mm. jihoon literally said that he wanted to work as a delivery man so he could take (laughs) naps or rest or whatever he said and i was just like i did not fault devin at all for being like screw this (laughs) you cannot feed your family off of a clean and all (laughs) I, i think she's back in the states I really do. I think that she just had had enough. I mean, I know she went back to visit, but I don't think she came back because she's at least smart enough to understand, like, this is not going to get better. Like, you weren't okay when I was pregnant. Taeyang is what, like a a year, maybe a little over a year? Yeah. So you have to think, nine months of being pregnant, still didn't get his shit together. Baby Mm -hmm. comes, year later, still didn't get your shit together. I think that she realizes that he's not who she thought he was going to be. And the odds of him getting his shit together are slim to none, considering he had collectively almost two years to man up, take care of his family, not take a little naps and 
get it done. Take care of your family. He hasn't done it. And I think she knows he's not going to. So I think she hightailed it back to the States with the kids. That's true. I mean, Devin didn't have to go all the way to Korea to find a loser. I hate saying that word. (laughs) Save your money, girl. You can find one in the States. (laughs) You know, the other thing was he essentially tricked her into coming back. And that was devious to me I I did not like that and you know uh, he comes off similarly I feel like he portrays himself like a swelu where it's oh you know I don't know any better I'm just a a stupid man I but I think he he there is some I don't know like arrested development with him or something (laughs) I found it shocking that he has to give his mother his paychecks so that he doesn't spend his money. That was baffling to me. But I think culturally a norm. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. I recently have gotten into 90 Day Fiance's Twitter because I mean, on their Instagram page, it's kind of boring, but their Twitter, they give a lot of background. And what during that scene, they said that that's actually really normally in the Korean culture. Oh, for the okay. child to have their parents hold on to them. I had no, especially because he's a full grown man who has, you know, a woman with him and a child. So that was a shock to me. But apparently that is a cultural norm. It's something I would have never guessed. And this is, goes to what I was saying about his parents um, cradling him and mm-hmm. not pushing him or encouraging him to take care of his own family. They're essentially, yes. um, <clears throat> what do you call that? They essentially are enabling, enabling him. Yes. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. But see, this is what's weird is they'll do that. But remember last season when they were like, you need to move out. We don't want you here. So in one breath, they're telling him grow up, but then they're not helping him grow up. They were so excited when he was moving out. I I was laughing so, so hard. He's honestly, I feel so bad saying this, but he's like a less cringy version of Paul. I don't think he will ever get his shit together ever. I think Devin's starting to realize that too. I found it funny when he, you know, he kept apologizing and saying, you're right. I'm sorry. I need to do better. But then he's like, but I love you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I think he plays on people's wanting to pity him. Yep. And he takes advantage of that. Yeah. I mean, you can see that he gets overwhelmed um, mm-hmm. very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. And for him being his age, you would think that he's, you know, had enough life experience, but he seems very sheltered. Yeah. Yes. At least he doesn't beat himself in the head when he gets overwhelmed. Yeah. Like oh, that was, yeah, that was unsettling. <laughs> Was there anything else that you guys wanted to talk about from the episode? Hmm. We didn't see a lot with Jenny and Submit. No, we didn't. They I just need to go away. I'm so over their shit. One thing that I did think was, and this was, I can't take credit for this comment. I read it somewhere online, but I thought it was funny when um, Summit's friend, I can't, what was his name? Like Kirjay? I can't remember his name. It was name. like Naraj or something, something like that. Yeah, I'm so but. bad with names. Uh, Naraj. People, people will let us know. <laughs> <laughs> I 
but with him, so he said that his divorce took four years and someone was like, what is that, Brittany's husband? And I was like, oh, snap. (laughs) Since her divorce is apparently taking forever and a day. Someone commented online about Brittany that she has alluded to the fact that it was not a good relationship. And I don't know if there was some domestic violence involved or whatever, but when she made that comment that she forgot that she was married, <laughs> at least for me, I was like, really? what? <laughs> what? Um, but someone had commented that psychologically she may have just blocked it out. Mm. Maybe she initiated possible. the process and just never saw it through and then kind of forgot about it. I, <laughs> I thought that was a very interesting take on her situation. But that's like walking outside with no pants on and then being like, oh, shit, I didn't realize I'm in my underwear. Like, how do you forget something like that? Right. I mean, she wants respect, but she's lying about being married or still being married. Just go home, girl. Go home. You have the sweetest father I think we've ever seen on the show. He's adorable. Oh, my God. Go be with your puppy and your poppy. (laughs) Seriously, they're like... Those are the MVPs so far of the season are the two kids or her dad and then the dog. Can we just mm-hmm. watch them? Because I'll watch it. What's really <laughs> interesting is that there was a study. Um, they, they looked into 156 couples who were married for the first time. And they found after 13 years of this research, 32 couples out of the 156 were unhappily married. Hmm. 56 couples had divorced and 68 couples were happily married. Now the red flags in the early marriage, and I'm seeing all of these and all of the cast members is um, number one is too much dependence on parents. That goes Hmm. for Jihoon. Unrealistic expectations. Ari. Ari. (laughs) Uh, Exactly. Addictions and or substance abuse. Um, Maybe that goes for um, Sinjin, maybe. Mm-hmm. Well, no, Sinjin's HEA. Okay, fear of conflict, right? Mm-hmm. They, yeah. Yeah. Um, An inability uh, to have fun together. And oh, Brittany or- and Yazan. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. He always looks so miserable. Oh, my God. That's that's very interesting drama. Yeah. Thanks for those uh, yeah. insights. So the couples who were still happily married were couples who were able to have positive feelings about their spouses during the early periods of their relationships. So mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. So basically, Kenny and uh, Armanda. Armanda. And that's yeah. it. Well, Jenny, Jenny and Submit, I, I think they're pretty genuine. I think Jenny is. I think mm-hmm. Samit is hiding like a family somewhere oh or something. There's, yeah. I, I feel like the, the other shoe is going to drop this season. I think yeah. Samit's friend is really his son. Ooh. <laughs> Look at us. We're starting, oh. we're starting rumors. Oh, <laughs> He's about calculating age and doing science experiments and start throwing out data. You guys said it was possible. Now, um, we didn't really talk about, or we didn't at all talk about Kenny and Armando, but does anyone want to spill the tea on what we have coming up? We have an interview with Kenny. 
Yes, we do. (laughs) We are very, very excited to share that with all of you and the questions that we had for him. Kenneth definitely seemed also excited to share, you know, his story with everyone and just like how we saw how real he is. That's how he was in the interview. It's something that you guys definitely don't want to miss out on. A very sweet, genuine couple. Check it out. Love them. And we will post um, on our Instagram page when that is going to drop. You guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, Being that we're a new podcast, we are all over the country. We're recording remotely. So we know that we're going to have some kinks to work out. So just bear with us. It's going to get better every week. Uh, For me, Reality Squad, thank you so much for listening. I'll let everyone else say bye-bye. Thank you for having us. Thank you. All right. And as always, check us out on our Instagram, 90 Days on Fire podcast. And from there, you can follow all of us individually. Take care, everyone. Have a good one. Bye-bye.